Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey, warmer from Elo! Welcome to Bluffy Las Vegas for Ghost Ghost Heaps with myself, Greg Heaps Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. We've got an excellent podcast for you. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Nick Lawrenson. He does tremendous work over at Mid Major Madness. I know that he also has been doing a tremendous job getting set for the upcoming season over at Queens NC, taking a look at all these mid major teams. So, it is always great to be able to get him aboard, and we're going to be chatting with him about just what to expect out of some of these big man injuries, because we did see a lot of injury news that was posted up by John Rossing, and I'll give you guys a little bit of a recap there, but really the two biggest ones that we are taking a look at are Donovan Klingon along Tolu Smith, because with Klingon, the timetable has him set to be able to return for night number one of the season, but with them going up against Northern Arizona, you got to wonder if it might be best to just hold them back a little bit. And for Tolu Smith, seems like he is probably going to be out until conference play. So we're going to be diving in on that front. He's also going to be talking about some mid-major sites, bullish slash bearish on and just how he takes a look at some of these transfers and whether or not they will slash will not have success at their new stop. So we're going to be doing that with our good friend Nick in segment number two. Here in segment number one, as I mentioned, we did see John Rothstein post up quite a bit of injury news over the last 24 hours. So we'll give you guys a little bit of a recap there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is via my Twitter slash X timeline at underscore one Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine. An Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And let's take a look at what we've all gotten on the injury front because I have now done a conference preview for all 32 conferences. Did it a little bit earlier this year because I do want some time to be able to take a look at everything for night number one, try to get as good of a feel for these rosters as possible because I know some of you guys have been asking me on Twitter slash X how I try to keep straight all these rosters and these guys that are slash are not going to be eligible and it is very much a tough ordeal because I have to personally refresh Twitter slash X pretty much on a daily basis to be able to do so. Now with the graduate transfers, with the first time transfers, you got to figure that they're all good to go but knowing whether or not a two-time transfer is a 
graduate transfer or not, whether or not they're going to get a waiver or not, that is very, very much a rough ordeal. So I've been doing my best there. And with regards to Cincinnati, I know that they very much have been dealing with this. And I mean, it was a big key coming into the season where to project Cincinnati with regards to if they had Aziz Bendego or not. And it sounds as though his waiver has been denied. I know that John Rossi was talking about this a little bit less than 24 hours ago, but it seems as though Aziz Bendango, who was one of the best defensive players at the mid-major level last season, over two and a half blocks per contest over at Utah Valley, and then Jamile Reynolds, someone who was at Temple last year, was registering right around about 10 points, five boards per contest. Both had their waivers denied by the NCAA. Both were two-time transfers that were undergraduates. So that is a rough ordeal for them. We are still awaiting what we're going to be getting on the front of West Virginia's Raekwon battle because I do think that that is the biggest one that is currently lingering, and I'm going to be keeping you guys abreast of all that. But I have to be keeping you guys abreast as to all the injury news that we are seeing as well. And John Rossine posted up quite a bit of it over the last 24 hours. Seth Towns, who just hasn't played college basketball in a neon. You may remember, he was the 2018-19 Ivy League Player of the Year. He was flat out tremendous back when he was in the Ivy League, but man, it has been a very, very long time since he has been fully healthy, and it sounds like he's been fully cleared for college basketball activities over at Howard. He hasn't played since the 2020-21 season. He was someone that had six foot six, six foot seven. That magical year in which he was the Ivy League Player of the Year was able to put up 18 plus points per contest, shot over 40 percent for three. He's able to hit the boards. If he's able to be anywhere close to what he was a few seasons ago, that is going to be absolutely impactful for them. Something to keep our eye on as well. John posted this one up as well. Jack Clark, he transfers in after last season he was over at NC State. He's now at Clemson. He's all good to go for the upcoming season with regards to waivers and what have you. But he averaged nine points, seven boards per contest within the conference. But he's dealing with a hernia injury. Apparently he just returned to practice, but he is going to be questionable for the team season opener on November 6th against Winthrop. So certainly I'm going to be taking a look at that with regards to the way that I'm going to be handicapping that. That game. You've also got in the ACC, Damari Monsanto. He will not be ready for the start of the upcoming season. Shot a little bit over 40% for three, 13 points per contest. Last season at Wake Forest, nice little six foot five, six foot six combo player. This able stroke it from three point range has been in the Mr. Forbes system for many, many years, dating back to his time at ETSU. So that's going to be a little bit of a loss for Wake Forest to begin the season, and that's certainly something that I'm going to be diving in on. Something else that we do want to be gauging as well is what we're going to be seeing with regards to Trayvon Brazil. He had his season cut short very, very early last year. He only was able to play in nine games, show good versatility. I remember during that foreign tour that Arkansas played last year, he looked like he was going to be able to emerge. Some of that six foot nine, six foot ten has good versatility in the limited amount of time they played last year. Twelve points, six rebounds per game. According to John Rossi, he's been fully cleared for all basketball-related activities, but they are going to be bringing him along a little bit slowly. The team they are going to be opening up against. El- Corn State on the 6th of November, so that is going to be one that I'm going to be taking a look at as well, and then one other one to be noting as well is Michigan State who brings back darn near everyone, Jackson Kohler, apparently he had surgery on his left foot, he is going to be back, and I air quotes here from John Ross, seen sometime before Christmas, but got to figure that he's going to be out of the fold at the very least the first month or so of the season, wasn't really a high impact guy last year, was able to give you three points, three boards, but he does have size right around six foot nine, six foot ten. 
He's able to shoot some outside shots as well. I do think that he's going to be able to take some strides forward this season, but I'm going to be taking a look at the injury front of him as well. So Michigan State dealing with some ailments. You've got a lot of them out there in the ACC. We saw Cincinnati have their two two-time transfers get denied waivers. So lots going on, and that's what I'm going to be doing on this podcast here the final two, two and a half weeks before we get set for the upcoming college basketball season. Just try to feed you guys as much information as possible so that way you know exactly what we're getting, exactly what these handicapping angles are. And certainly once we get into it with regards to game breakdowns, I'll be mentioning a lot of these ailments. These guys are not going to be in the full first few games. Like I'm not going to be mentioning Aziz Bendago like in January. The fact that, oh, he didn't get a waiver because it's like, I think we know by now, but certainly like first game, second game, I will be trying to remind you guys of that as well, though. Time is going to be a little bit limited, especially when you get the one or plus game board. So we're going to do our best there. And like I said, if you've got any questions, if there is something that you want to address on this podcast, fire that in Twitter slash X timeline at you underscore you one. Avoid the DMs because it is very, very much full of landmines and I just can't get to all of them. But what we can get to is a great chat with Nick Lawrenson of Mid-Major Madness. We're going to be talking about some of these mid-major teams that he is eyeing up, how to evaluate some of these transfers, whether or not they're going to have success at their new stops, taking a look at some of these injuries and so much more right here on with myself, Craig Gibbs Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much, so hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Sports betting innovative analytics has taken the guesswork and emotion out of sports betting to bring you an innovative and trustworthy resource to enhance your journey to becoming a winning player. With industry-leading money-back guarantee options backed by their sophisticated modeling, they want to introduce you to a system that's not widely seen or available to help you beat the bookmaker. Specializing in NBA, college basketball, and WNBA, your first week is always free. Get started at SBIA1.com today. Las Vegas for Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Eves Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man, Nick Lorenzen. He does absolutely tremendous work taking a look at the game of basketball over at Mid Major Madness. He's a part of the Queens NC basketball team as well. I know that he's helping out with a little bit of stuff there this year as well. He has joined me, Nick has for many, many different podcasts, many, many different shows, taking a look at so many of these teams that we're going to be seeing for the upcoming season. Does a great job looking at these mid-majors, and you're able to find him on Twitter slash X at Nick Lawrence Sports. That last name is spelled L-O-R-E-N-S-E-N. And Nick, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, I always appreciate you having me on. Thank you. We're only less than three weeks away. A lot of the scrimmages are heating up this week. I know I was looking at the ESPN Plus schedule earlier today. We have a game Friday night, Saturday morning, St. Mary's, Hawaii. That's a good basketball game. We got some good basketball on this weekend. Yes, we certainly do. And I know you were mentioning the scrimmages heating up. How much slash how little do you take away from these scrimmages? Because I don't think that if you have, I mean, I am just absolutely spitballing one, but let's say Duke, Kansas decides to do a scrimmage and Kansas wins by five points. I don't think that this all of a sudden means that we should be anointing Kansas by far the number one team in all of college basketball and all of a sudden thinking that they are head and shoulders above everyone else. But at the same time, I do think that there are some things that we could take away with regards like individual results, tempos, 
how coaches are really scheming up some of the rotations, what have you. I'm not sure how you view things with regards to these scrimmages, but I think that looking at the context of the scrimmage is bigger than the final score. Oh, yeah, totally. The context is bigger than the final score. When you look at these box scores, you really shouldn't read all that much into it. It's, it's more, you know, for the programs. You're not going out against yourself like you have the last four months. You get to go up against a new team and some new faces, and you get to prep and get ready for the season that's ahead of you. I feel like that's more where it's beneficial. I would not really read too deep in the stat lines for these players. You'll see blowouts. You'll see close games. It, it really doesn't mean all that much. And a lot of the coaches like to vary who they play in these scrimmage. Sometimes they'll play friends so they don't have to do it in the in the regular season. And they can just have that competition. And it's a good meeting point and such. So I think it's better for personnel, just personnel-wise, where you're going up against different faces, you're getting ready for a different scheme rather than looking at it from a fan perspective or from an analytic perspective where you're trying to say, oh, so-and-so scored 30 points. I think he's going to have an amazing year this year. I don't think you should read all that much into that. Yep, I am right there with you. I think that that is so important to do, looking at some of the context around it as well and recognizing that Coaches, they are looking to try out some things as well as Nick Lawrenson is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And I know you've been with the Queens NC program for a little bit. And I don't want you to share like every single trade secret in the world, but how many times during like a scrimmage, a foreign tour, or what have you, do you think that there's just a lot of coaches that maybe they're not going to ride with it in the regular season, but they just, for lack of a better term, they want to see what they've got. So even though we might be seeing some guy get like 20 minutes during a secret scrimmage, what have you, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be getting 20 minutes a night during the regular season. Oh yeah, exactly. This is where you can scheme and try to piece some things together. So if someone's having a good practice or they've been good in practice and maybe you weren't expecting them to be all that great, you can test them. You can throw them into the fire in this where it's really not going to matter the result in the scrimmage. But if you do it, say, come November 6th and the player just is not up to D1 level, that's where it really bites you. So it's a time where you scheme and you try different things and it's supposed to get you ready for November 6th. And it's like preseason in football, but I think when you're looking at it in a bigger in a bigger view or a bigger whatever, preseason in football, it can forecast the future. You know, Steelers started 4-0 in the preseason. They got to see a little bit there, and the defense showed signs, and you're able to look at schemes. But these secret scrimmages in basketball really don't mean all that much. I think you're just trying to piece things together at this point. Yep, I think so as well. And with the advent of the transfer portal, just for these coaches, knowing what they've got, I think is just so important right now as well. And it is really interesting to take a look at the landscape of college basketball with us about two and a half weeks away from the regular season. Because as we know, there's a lot of teams that are dealing with injuries too. And I mentioned this on the podcast a few times, but UConn with Donovan Klingon, with Tolu Smith, currently dealing with an ailment for Mississippi State as well. I think that these are big things to take a look at. And I'm not sure how you view some of these injuries, but I'd feel a little bit better about these teams if it was like a guard dealing with some sort of like a hand injury or something like that, rather than a lower body issue for a big man, like we're seeing with Klingon along Tolu Smith, because I feel like those are the injuries that can nag the most into a season. Yeah, totally. A good thing for these programs, especially Donovan Klingon, who as a foot injury, and they're saying that 
there's a chance they could play in the openers that they're playing much lesser competition. UConn's coming off a national title. They're going to play a Northern Arizona team that will probably be ranked in the bottom 60 of the country come the end of the season. Mississippi State's a little bit different. UConn has about one guy behind Donovan Klingon. They don't exactly need that size at the beginning of their non-conference schedule. But Mississippi State's a little bit different because I believe they're playing in the Barstool Classic in the first week, and they have some pretty good games on this schedule. But the bright side for them is they bring in a couple pieces behind Tolu Smith who could really develop into something. So they have a little bit of depth there, as UConn doesn't, but Totally. These lower body injuries linger throughout the whole season. You don't want this Donovan Klingon injury to go up the leg. If it goes up the leg, that could be really bad. But as we're looking at it now, I don't know the severity of Tolu Smith's injury. At least with Klingon, he could be back pretty soon. It's good that it's happening now rather than later. Yep, I agree with you. And to your point about the competition that UConn is going to be playing towards the beginning part of the season, do you think that it might be a little bit of a benefit just to hold Donovan Klingon out when it comes to the games against Northern Arizona, Mississippi State, what have you, because they are playing some schlub competition, for lack of a better term, the first two to three weeks of the season. Then they've got a multi-team event in Kansas on December 1st, and that's, as we both know, when they're really going to need them. Oh, yeah, totally, when he goes up there against Hunter Dickinson. But you hold him out first three games of the year, and there should be absolutely no problem. And then there's a five-day window in between Mississippi Valley State and Indiana. Maybe you get him ready that Monday heading into Mississippi Valley State, and you don't play him all that much. But it would be awesome to have him for that Indiana game so they can know what they have against some good competition. Yeah, I'd say you just linger him out. You don't rush him back. You don't have to rush him back against the Northern Arizona, Stonehill, Mississippi Valley State because they should have no problem with that competition. They're coming off a national title. They're pretty deep. But when you hit that real competition like the Indiana's, Kansas, North Carolina, Gonzaga's of the world, that's when you really need him. Slowly, slowly trickle him into this competition, and he should be fine for the rest of the season. If everything goes right, if everything goes right, he should be fine heading into this Indiana game. Yep, I think so as well, and I think that that's such a big key for UConn. Be a little bit more conservative. It's better to have him play a little bit less the first few games of the season than a little bit too much because if your team is having problems with Stone Hill in Northern Arizona, that would really be a problem for them. As Nick Lorenzen, who does great work over at Mid-Major Madness, along with the Queens NC basketball team, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And Nick, I know that you guys have been doing your Twitter slash just general spaces, talking with a lot of mid-major coaches throughout the offseason, getting set for the upcoming season. And I know you've been joining me a lot throughout the offseason as well, but in the last two or three weeks since we last spoke, are there a few teams in general that you're starting to catch your eye a little bit, whether you're feeling a little bit more bearish about them or if you're feeling a little bit more bullish about them? Yeah, today we did the Missouri Valley, and obviously, you know, Drake and Northern Iowa are going to be up there. Drake's going to be in many people's top 10s other mid-major preseason polls. I think I have them at 11 right now. I'm still doing some moving around. But they return the player of the year in the league in Tucker DeVries. They return a couple other pieces. They have a really nice transfer class. Ethan Roberts comes over from Arby. Army, who I thought was one of the better players in the transfer portal. Patriot League Rookie of the Year. Kyron Gibson comes in eight and right. Carlos Rosario. I think the straight team could be really good. And then you have Northern Iowa as well, who I knew they were returning quite a bit there. But they're returning essentially the whole entire team. They showed signs last year. Bone Bourne would be the player of the year in a lot of these leagues. He'd be a significant contributor on a Power 5 program, but he's staying at Northern Iowa, and they returned pretty much everyone behind him outside of Austin Fife, who didn't play last year. So I think that they should be really good. 
when you look at the slack, which is what I talked about yesterday, Grambling's going to be back up there towards the top. They have quite a bit of movement on that team, though. I was really high on Jackson State, but I know that Deshaun Ruffin's out for the year. I still think that they'll be competing very well up there towards the top, but Deshaun Ruffin out for the year. We talked the Big Sky last week. The preseason favorite in that league is Weber State. They returned Dylan Jones, who is going to be one of the better big men in the country, but I'm not too high on the Big Sky this year. I know that for whatever reason, Montana State was picked fourth in the preseason pool. I understand that they've made the NCAA tournament two years in a row, but they lost their head coach, Danny Sprinkle, to Utah State. They lost their whole team to the transfer portal. So I don't really understand why everyone's so high on that program. And then we also talked to WCC, and you know you're going to have Gonzaga. St. Mary's, I think, should be the top mid-major program outside of Gonzaga in the country heading into the season. I know Jeff Goodman has them in the Final Four. I could very well see that happening. Aiden Mahaney could be a potential All-American candidate. Alex Dukas, he's back and healthy. He should be awesome for that front court, one of the top teams in the country. And I know a lot of people are talking about Loyola Marymount, too. Stan Johnson has a really good team over there in Los Angeles. He does lose Cam Sheldon. He does lose Justin Arns. But Kelly LaPepe's back. And Justice Hill comes in from LSU. He was at Murray State before that. Justin Wright from NC Central. Will Johnson from UTRGV. They have a really nice transfer class at Loyola Marymount. They could move up there, potentially be that third team in the WCC, like BYU was such for such a long time before they moved to the Big 12 this year. Yep, I do think that with the WCC, even with BYU out of the fold, you still have some nice teams. I like what San Francisco did in the portal as well, bringing in Mongolian Mike. I think that he's going to be able to make some waves over there. And I do think that it is such an interesting outlook with regards to so many of these teams because you rattled off quite a few teams that I am bullish and bearish on as well. And I think that it is so interesting to take a look at a little bit of comparison as well between some of these polls that you were mentioning with regards to the conferences and taking a look at things like Kempom, things like Bart Torovic, Evan Miakawa, these guys that they come out with their preseason projections as well. Is there any way that you really lean on those or is it just a case where in general that you don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to these preseason polls, these preseason projections, and you try to form your own opinion on it? Well, now being on a basketball staff, I kind of use it more as motivation. Queens was picked 10th in the ace. Bulletin board material. Yeah, bulletin board material. Tenth in the preseason poll. I don't think they're that bad. I think they're a top four team in the league. So it's big bulletin board material. But yeah, I know a lot of teams just kind of throw it aside. They kind of just throw it aside. I love Ken Palm, though. Ken Palm's been my almanac for years. I've been waiting for him to get this stuff out. I'll, I'll look at it. I don't read into the projections all that much. I remember when I first saw it, I had to be about four or five years old. One of my dad's best friends came over and showed it to us, and I was just amazed. But these projections, they're usually spot on when you have some stats in there. They're pretty close. But when you look at the preseason, it's like blah. And I'm a South Carolina student. My buddies give me a really hard time for it. I think this team is not all that good. He has them 66th in the country. Last year, South Carolina finished 221st in the country. And I don't think they made a 160-point improvement on this program, especially with these preseason polls with Ken Palm. I think it's more of a legacy kind of thing. He throws in some old stats and it helps build up and it puts some programs much higher than they should be. So 
don't read too deep into these preseason things. It's more like bulletin board material, like Greg mentioned. Yep, I am right there with you. And I mean, whoever had South Carolina in the top 75 overall, I really need to be questioning what they are looking at with regards to the roster. And I might recommend some glasses because <laughs> I don't see it. Trying no. to be on the show, we've got Nick Lawrence, who does tremendous work over at Mid Major Madness along with Queens NC. And I do think that that is so interesting to be able to dive in on as well. And with regards to just these guys in the transfer portal and whether or not they are going to be fits, I think that that is a big question that lingers with all of us as well because, I mean, we're diving in with regards to these polls. We're diving in with regards to more of the analytics side of things as well. But the biggest unknown is how some of these guys are going to be able to fit in with their new teams. And how do you try to gauge this, if at all? Because I do think that it is one of the biggest rolls of the dice because you'll sometimes find a guy that was averaging like 10 points per game at a mid-major who'll go up to like the power conference level and all of a sudden destroy, which it comes out of absolutely nowhere. Meanwhile, you have someone be a down transfer and they'll produce absolutely nothing as well. Are there any keys that you try to take a look at with regards to these transfers to try to deduce how well slash not well they're going to do? Because I think that that's the biggest trick with all of this. Yeah. I usually like to look at the coaches and you know, their history with stuff. I was talking about the Valley a lot. So, you know, like a program like Belmont, Casey Alexander can bring in whoever he wants. And I feel like they'll end up putting up eight points in the Valley and he does a really good job. And I know we've been talking about West Virginia at nauseum whenever I hop on here, but like the thing about them is there's so much unknown because they have a new head coach and they have a lot of people coming in and people were reading into the secret scrimmage they had against Vandy and took them into overtime and such. But I think a really good test Obviously, it's going to be tough to prep for these teams, but a really good test is that West Virginia first game. They play Missouri State, who's a program that returns a ton from their team last year. And then you have West Virginia, who's essentially a new team. So that's a really interesting storyline. I don't think many people are talking about just this West Virginia-Missouri State game. I bet there's a couple other ones at the D1 level where you have a ton of D1 experience coming back, guys who played together against a team that's been put together via the transfer portal. So when I look at it, I look more at the coach's pedigree. You never know. You mentioned dudes going from mid-major to high-major level and tearing it up, but you also have guys from the mid-major level who put up, say, 20 points per game, and they go to a lower-level Big East school, and they just vanish into oblivion. So I think it's more on the coaching than it is the players. Yep, I think so as well. And there are certain coaches that – they always know how to press the right buttons, and sometimes with some of these coaches, it takes a little bit of time. We've seen it time and time again with Arkansas, the bus bus. Sometimes he'll need a little bit of time to be able to get these guys in rhythm, but typically when it's all said and done, he does get them in rhythm, and we're always in rhythm when this man joins me. Nick, you do absolutely amazing work over at Mid-Major Madness. I know you're on your endeavors with Queens NC as well, and I'm hoping for nothing but the best out of you guys this year as well as I know that you guys are one of those transitionary schools and had a nice run of things last year. I made a few bucks off of Queens NC last season. So hopefully we can do the same once again this season. So let the good people at home know how to follow you on Twitter slash X and just everything that's on tap for you. Yeah, hopefully we can. Uh, season starts in a couple of weeks, but follow me over on Twitter at N Lawrence and sports, L O R E N S C N and at mid under dash madness. Next two weeks, we're actually doing three Twitter spaces per week, a little bit behind. So we're doing the SoCon, the America East, and the Sun Belt. And then we'll have another three the next week. And then college basketball starts, and we will all be happy and ready to roll for the next four or five months. Yes, absolutely. I can't come soon enough. And then 
Once we get into college basketball season, the rubber meets the road, and my goodness gracious, it's going to be absolutely tremendous, and it is always tremendous to be able to get our good friend Nick aboard. He does tremendous work taking a look at this game of basketball, so big thanks to him for joining me right here on Cusco Seeps, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GNRNers41. Keep in mind, letters the end, they mean does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We have gotten done all of our conference previews, all 32 conferences, have a specialized conference preview edition of Coast to Coast Hoops. Feel very proud about that. We are about two and a half weeks away from the start of the college basketball season. We're just highlighting as many angles as humanly possible. I do want you guys to send in those questions if you have them, so that way I can get you guys set for what I think is going to be the most tremendous year of college basketball and college basketball betting ever. The whole goal of this show is to be able to make you guys money, so please do fire in those questions. I am so amped up for the start of the season. Always appreciate you guys listening, and I'll be back with you guys every single day, regular season and off season, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com.